Well, hi, everybody. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And tonight, one of my favorite topics, uh, veterans. And now more than ever, um, we need them and they need us. And tonight we've got a group called Bikers for Veterans uh, out of Eugene in Springfield, Oregon. And we're going to talk a little bit with them about what they do, how that works. Um, but we're also going to talk about veterans and some of the things that they're up against. And if you are a veteran and you want to come on the show, you can send, you can just put your email in the um, comment section and I'll bring you on. I mean, it's not that hard for me to do. Jim is going to join me, Jim Marks, and he'll be talking. So in the midst of what we're doing, you can also talk on there. So if you are a veteran, I'll put something in the comment section here too. So we'll get more into that in a second. First, we've got to thank our sponsors. Um, New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. Matt was just talking to me today and he was telling me that their light therapy is really good for people who have seasonal affective disorder or whatever the hell it is. It's something here, it's something like that. But you know, you know the thing that you get all depressed because it's been raining every day in, Port in Oregon right now and everything's like horrible. <laughs> well, there's, I had that. You just get really down, which is one of the reasons we moved here. I really like being in the sunshine. We had sunshine today. So, but if you're dealing with that, New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center um, is a great place to go. They have this light therapy that they can put it towards whatever you're looking for. I do it as a workout, after workout kind of thing, but they can do that for you. So that's Matt at New Leaf Hyperbarics. Also, JDEV Investments. Daniel Basarada, Basarada, how do you like that for a name? I love that name. And uh, Jim St. Clair. They own this company and they go in and what they do is they take um, residential and commercial properties and they restore them into something amazing and beautiful. And they've done some great projects all over Eugene and Springfield and um, maybe doing some stuff in Montana in the future. We hope that would be kind of cool, but they're a great organization. They really like the fact that we speak out and we talk about things that are important, even though culture and society doesn't want us to. And so they sponsor our shows as well. And then of course, Chris Daniel Family Dentistry, Dr. Michael Bratlin, they now do dentures there as well. He gets a ton of customers from us. Um, he really likes helping people. And a, a lot of the clients have come. If you're looking for a dentist or you're just not sure about your dentist and, and your values line up, he doesn't care if your values line up. But it's kind of nice to go to somebody that you know is willing to be outspoken and speak up for themselves. Um, we don't have enough of that in this world. And Dr. Bratlin is one of those people who uh, he, he supports us and he's really courageous. And, uh, and, and there's a cost to be paid. Um, I lose people um, because they don't want to be. I've had a couple of shows we were going to do and they canceled because they said, I don't want to be associated with your politics. And my politics are right down the middle of the road. Now, if you're a far lefty, you're not going to see that because your left is so far left that there's nothing in between, which brings me to another story. Oh, and by the way, Nick, if you want to, you're a veteran. We're really glad that you're on here. I see your thing. If you do want to go on and make a comment or something, send me your email and I'll send you an invite and we can bring you on. I'd be happy to do that unless you're an ax murderer, <laughs> which you're probably not. So one more story I got to tell you. So um, people ask me, why do you love Montana? This morning I'm at the gym. I'm on this elliptical machine. Next to me is this other lady. She's on the elliptical machine. We're going for it. I'm done. Um, I look over and she makes some smart ass comment to me and I looked right back at her and I went and I threw one right back at her, you know, 
And she smiles and she goes, I knew you could take it. And I go, how did you know? She goes, don't you just get a feel for people? And I said, yeah. I said, you know, when I was a kid, I used to work at a lumber yard and I was pretty shy. And my boss came in to me and he said one day, Rick, these people want two by fours, nails and bullshit. And you're not giving them any bullshit. Eight years later, when I left, he said with tears in his eyes, I think we created a monster. And that man taught me how to read people and understand what I could get away with and what was love and what was care and who the people were to stay away from. So this lady and I are on the same page. And then she says, um, we were talking about, she was, why'd you move out here? I said, oh, cause Oregon was just so anal about the vaccines and everything. And she goes, oh, I'm a nurse and I'm, I, I'm totally against the vaccine and I'm against masks. They don't work. They're stupid. And I'm like, you're kidding me. You're a nurse. And she goes, yeah. And I'm a Democrat. What? And she goes, yeah, I'm a Democrat. She's like an old Kennedy Democrat. And that's the difference in Montana. You could be a Republican or a Democrat or a non-affiliated voter, but most people I have met are not wearing it. It's not like it's a, a big label that you're a bad person because you're the other party. So um, it was fun and I gave her my podcast stuff and she, I can't wait. I can't wait to see her after she sees what I do. And we'll, then we'll see how her response is. But no, she was just, it's just totally cool. It's, and that's how it should be. It should be a matter of just all of us out here believing what we believe and listening to other people. You don't have to change your mind, but you do have to have an open mind. And the very people that preached to me for years in Eugene and Springfield about having an open mind have turned out to close theirs towards me because I think differently than they do. And that is disgusting, but it's what it is. So what's also disgusting is that 22 veterans, I think it's a day, and Jim will correct me if I'm wrong, are committing suicide. And oh wait, that's the wrong term, are taking their lives. Um, over PTSD, depression every day in this country. And we need to do something uh, because this is absolutely despicable. Jim Marks joins us right now. Jim is from Springfield, Oregon. Um, he is in a group called Bikers for Veterans. And you guys have a web, do you have a website and a Facebook page? Facebook page, they won't let us do .com on Facebook. So it's Bikers Space for Space veterans space dot space com okay so you know what i'm gonna have you do when we're done go in there put it in the comment section that'll go to everybody and or if you have a member of your group on here that can put that in there that would be awesome so jim how did how did this start how did this you know why did you come up with this idea you and your and your gang of, of folks uh, for bikers for veterans Okay, and before I start into that, our webpage is bikersforveterans.com with no spaces. So, okay, I've got that in there. Yes, yeah. the only thing on the Facebook page we just put spaces between everything so that we could we could open up the page. Um, so I come from, I have a lot of friends and family that are uh, veterans. Uh, my, one of my uncles, um, well, actually, let me get away from that. I have a cousin that, uh, I looked up to greatly when I was younger. He was a veteran. He was a Marine in Vietnam. 
Um, so I wanted to become a Marine. I just thought, you know, I looked up to that. I aspired to be that. Well, when I graduated from high school, that was kind of my game plan. I was going to join the Marines. I went in, signed up, took the physical. They came back to me and they said, well, your medical records show that you have a prescription for an inhaler for asthma. And I said, yes, I do. They, they wouldn't accept me. Oh, yeah. So, so I did not uh, get to serve. My, I have twin boys that are both Marines. And one of them has a Purple Heart from his service in Iraq. And another, the other one has, uh, he's on uh, medical disability, also from his service in Iraq. Um, so how did this so first affect you, though, in terms of like seeing all that was going on with veterans after they got back? Um, well, one of my sons, and he'll probably, he's going to watch this, I'm sure, and he's probably going to say, Dad, why'd you talk about me? One of my sons, uh, I seen it firsthand with him uh, greatly when he came back, his PTSD his depression, his mood swings, his anger outbursts. Um, and I've seen it in several other veterans that I know. Uh, that really got me worried and concerned. And um, But I, a guy that I was working with, uh, he was an Army veteran, also served in Iraq. And... He seemed well-adjusted. He talked about his PTSD occasionally um, and, and what he had gone through when I talked to him about my son. And um, But he seemed well-adjusted. And here, just recently, I was talking to a guy that I used to work with, with him as well. And I asked him, well, how's, how's Chris doing? And he said, oh, you didn't hear? I said, what? He said, Chris has passed away. I said, oh, man, was he sick? What happened? He said he took his own life. Yeah. And, you know, he seemed so well adjusted. You don't know what's going on in the mind. Right. And inside. And, you know, it's and um, other guys that I've talked to have told me the same thing, that they deal with it daily. It's just sometimes uh, they'll go a week feeling good and then it'll be like they're in a boat on the ocean and a wave hits them. And then sometimes it's just wave after wave and just relentless and they just try to ride it out. How, why, so what do you guys do? What are bikers for veterans? What do you do to help? So here's the deal. I started the group um, just in um, March of this year, uh, March of last year, excuse me. <laughs> March of this year hasn't come yet. No. Um, March, March of last year, I started the group. Uh, because I want to start drawing more awareness to PTSD, homelessness, um, uh, joblessness, alcoholism, drug addiction, all of these things that are related to uh, their service. Um, and some of them not related to their service. They're just things that just happened along the way because of other issues in their life. Uh, I wanted to, I started this website as a fundraiser so that we could start um, raising funds to uh, just to be able to help with certain groups. One of the groups that I'm working with is uh, the V-Twin Project. 
uh, Joey Taylor, who is the CEO of that, started that. He has a good friend, um, Sergeant Kevin Ross, that also sadly committed suicide, was a veteran. And he does a memorial every year in Kevin's favor, in Kevin's honor. And we do a ride up to Stonehenge Monument between Oregon and Washington border. Um, so these are, you guys are bikers, like biker dudes. Bikers. And dudettes. So uh, however, I tell everybody, you don't have to be a biker to love and care about our veterans. So why bikes? What, what, cause I tell them what you do. I think this is really well, cool. Um, well, the, uh, is which, which part, <laughs> how you guys buy bikes for, for, oh, for okay. So, so the V twin project, um, this just re most recently, uh, gave their fifth bike away, uh, in the Albany, uh, veterans day parade. Uh, you're from Oregon, so you're probably familiar with the Albany Veterans Day Parade, one of the biggest parades this side of the Mississippi every year. One of the biggest um, Veterans Day parades. Yes. Um, and it, it's like Army tanks and trucks. And yeah. I mean, it's so Oregon's known as this lib, you know, bastion of liberal um, anti-war people. But we have one of the biggest Veterans Day parades because we do honor our vets. There And there are more conservatives in this state than you know. So, so you guys buy a bike and and through funds that people give to you through this group and to, for a bike or, or to, a, to a veteran. So why? What does that do for them? Uh, wind therapy. If you've ever ridden a motorcycle, well, you ride bikes, bicycles. Do, do you ride, Have you ever ridden a motorcycle? You've, yeah, but not like you guys. I mean, it's, you but know, you know when you get on. Okay, so when you get on a bicycle and get out and you just get to just get in your zone and get to going you know that you get this this it's a i guess for lack of a better term a rush right. and you your brain clears and the fog blows out everything that you were thinking about at work um everything that was political disappears all of your worries are gone. You're just focused on the road and you're focused on your surroundings and that eagle that just flew past you and that fish you just seen jump in the stream down there. And your tension level just dissipates. Right. And um, for those that ride, it's even a bigger deal because when you're not riding, you start developing this tension level. Um, it's it's one of those things where the more you ride, the more you hate it when you can't ride. So you're addicted to motorcycles. I am. Oh my um, gosh! You are, and you're here. And, and many of my friends are addicted to motorcycles. And you're here on my show confessing your ales. That's, I, yeah. That's, and you're and you're trying in front of you and God. I'm an addict. And here's the other thing, Jim. Now you're trying to addict veterans to your obsession of choice. Well. Good. Good for you. If, if, but if, if they choose not to ride, that's okay. Um, that's just one of the avenues. But if they choose not to ride, we still love them. We still thank them for their service. And we are still trying to raise money to support them in any way possible. Um, another, uh, another group that, uh, that I've been in contact with several guys from, I'm not a combat veteran myself, but I've ridden with them on a few different rides. And it's, it's uh, 
their their focus more is more toward the mission 22 concept which was back to the 22 uh veteran lives that uh were succumbed to suicide a year um that number um from the recent numbers i've been reading 22 is a really really low estimate now and you and you just kind of made it i'm just going to correct you because you'll go yeah. back and you'll go rick why didn't you do that it's 22 a day yeah oh what did I say? Here, yeah it's it, oh. and that's i mean yeah um what does that say to you about a country where the people, the very people who go out to fight for your freedom um, are, are taking their own lives because of the trauma and drama that has come to them from, from doing that? Well, without getting political, the government isn't doing their job. Our veterans are being, so many of them are just being ignored sure the va tells does this and that but everybody i talk to including my son they just want to pump you full of drugs and then get you to admit that you're crazy or suicidal well that's not what they need they need counseling and healing and the the wind therapy thing i was talking about is just one of the it's it is it's so healing and so therapeutic when you get out especially when you're with a group of brothers that everybody is of the same mind and you get out and ride and the camaraderie um and you're there everybody has each other's back you start realizing hey there are people that care about me right you know life isn't doesn't really suck that bad and not as bad as i thought it did so and, so this is personal for you yeah very much so. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, you know, don't want to tear up and get too crazy, but one story I'll share with you that my other son that I mentioned had uh, received a Purple Heart from his, uh, his service in Iraq. He was, um, I mentioned I have twin boys, so they both served. Well, I get a call at... This is several years ago now. I get a call at 2.30 in the morning. Um, it's a Marine officer of some, some sort. I can't even tell you who it was at this point in time because my brain went into a fog when I got this call. I get a call telling me, asking me my name and if you know I was who I was, telling me that my son had been injured in an accident. And... Um, his the Hummer that he was in had hit an IED and exploded, and he had been uh, shipped to uh, Germany to be worked on to get medical attention. Um, I'm immediately saying, which son? Well, both of my son's first initial is J, <laughs> and, their, and their last name is the same. And all they could do was give me a first initial and a last name. And so uh, I'm saying, okay, well, anyway, they said, we'll get back to you on that. Until I received the call, a call back later that afternoon, mind you, I said, this is 2.30 in the morning. Um, I was raised in church, so I kind of had a religious background. I had strayed from that and gone completely overboard with bikers and doing, I did drugs and alcohol and things like that. 
I wasn't living in what I would call a, an upright life at that point in time. I started praying and making all kinds of deals with God. How, how'd that go? <laughs> well, uh, my son came out of it flying colors. I mean, he it was your son who got the Purple Heart. Yes. Ooh. He ended up making full recovery. Um, things that were actually um, things that, I mean, I expect when I went to pick him up at the airport, I expected to see Frankenstein from the description they'd given me, telling me how they had to do all these surgeries on his face and this and that. And, um, the surgeon that worked on him was somebody was guiding his hands because he did such good work that when I seen my son coming down the escalator at the airport, I looked at him and I was like, oh, he looks normal, <laughs> you know, and I was just expecting to see this just tore up Frankenstein. So Jim, and, let me ask you a question. Yes. You may not be able to answer this because I don't want to get too involved with family stuff, but is it, it it's got to be weird. You have twin boys. Yes. One almost gets killed. The other one comes out. Um, he has PTSD. Just the different ways that things affect us and, and as different human beings. Um, so you almost lost one and now you have one that is um, not lost, but just dealing with the, it, it, the war. I'm sure it doesn't end for anybody. But I would assume just from friends I have who suffer with this, um, the war just continues. Now it's a war for my mind. It's a war for my life. It's a war to keep my attitude up. It's a war to not suffer, to struggle, drip into depression. So one son almost loses his life. The other one is fighting to save his life. Yes. Dad, what is that like for you? Um, you start a group called Bikers for Veterans and do your best to try to cope and help as many veterans as possible. But as me personally, it's um, that is one way that I deal with it is trying to help as many veterans as, as possible and try to bring awareness to as many, many causes as possible. Um, so, it's because I have to keep my mind focused on doing good because I don't want to fall into the same trap of, of my mind worrying and being upset and distraught over these things. So what do you ask God for, for your sons? Peace and health. And especially, well, both of them, but especially my son that has displayed uh, signs of PTSD, peace and mentally to be able to just realize that, like I said, he's going to watch this and probably say, dad, <laughs> but but there's just no to be shame. able to realize that they're, you know, it's okay. Yeah, You're going to be all right. There shouldn't be any shame because, um, you know, I mean, we as human beings, you know, you know, maybe one son just takes things differently like that. And there's, I think, how it affects people. We don't understand mental health. I mean, I struggle with depression, um, you know, and that's why people think I'm crazy because I work out. Well, that's my drug. And it's my mm -hmm. thing that if I don't do that for a long period of time, I start going down like this. And my wife and I know that about me. And that's what 
we, we, you know, that's how I deal with that. And, and, and I'm not saying that works for everybody. Some people need to be on medication. Some people need to, I don't give, it's none of my business how people handle it. I've just found a way that I can handle it. Um, but, but it's tough, you know, and I think sometimes people, I wrote a blog the other day, Jim, and, and I wrote about a, a vision I had. I was listening I to, I, yeah, I was listening to a podcast and this guy was a total agnostic and he, and so it was no, not, not based on faith or anything, but he, he actually went on a, like get on an LSD trip or something. I don't know what it was, but he went into this place and he, he had the same kind of vision, not with Jesus, but that I had. And I'm listening to this and got tears coming down my eyes and I'm going, oh my gosh, this is like what I did, which is what inspired me to write that. But I put that out there and I had comments from people and it was really interesting because a lot of the comments on there were like, I never thought you had any problems. I thought you were like super stable. And the, and the way they wrote them, it was like, now I'm not, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was kind of funny, like and it, not, not insulting anyone, but it was funny. Like I am a human being. And I do have these faults and these things that I struggle with, just like everybody else, which I think is what makes me good at what I do. Um, and so for your son, the PTSD, I think it's how we look at things in our life. The tragedy of your other son could be a horrible thing, or it can be, you know, a, a, a life-changing thing. Yeah. And so PTSD is not a crime. Um, it's something you got to deal with. And it's, cool. it's not fun. And that's one of the things that I, from talking to different vets that are experiencing this, one of the biggest things is they are afraid to even open up to the VA and let them know yeah. their feelings and their thoughts. Right. Because they don't yeah. want to be classified yep. with that stigma. So, you know, and doesn't, don't you think we as a culture do the same thing? Yeah. We, tr we probably. treat, we treat with subconsciously. Would you treat, would you do that? I mean, let me, th I'm trying to think of, would you do that to somebody who had diabetes? No, no. No, when it's you, a mental thing and yeah. maybe a diabetic could come on and tell me, maybe they get pre uh, prejudiced too. You know, what I think I'm learning is we're just such a freaking labeling, bullying. We put people in boxes as a society all the time and the boxes are what kill people. You know, it's it's the if if we as people in the in our culture could look at the homeless population and say, I mean, I think Oregon's got a bigger problem than PTSD, you know. But the problem I have with what's going on, like in Oregon and places like that, is you've got you've got not just these are not people like just veterans. We got so many veterans with PTSD and homelessness and drug addiction on the streets. I say we take care of them. What we do is we create, we legalize all this shit. So now, people, now that everybody in the country comes here. And so our own people, our own truly homeless people are not getting help because we've got, we've created club med for, for any transient person who wants to go get free medical care, free eye care, free, they get more medical care than I could get or any other working person. And then, and then our veterans are the ones that fall through the cracks and, and end up suffering for that, which is why groups like yours are so important to come along to, to fill some of that void. Plus you care more than a government. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I hope I do. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen what, well, you, you know how much our government cares about us, but let's not get political. 
<laughs> well, you know, that's it's one of the things I think <laughs> interesting. What I love about stuff like you're doing is when you're forced, when, the, the godly principle of giving is when when we give and we do things for people, there's a there's a relationship and a connection. And that's what that whole giving thing is all about is I'm supposed to, you know, I even kind of have that problem. I, I now I'm going to get myself in real trouble with 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 church giving, too, is the same thing is. I lose the connection. I give it to the church and then they go distribute it somewhere. I think what God had in mind was that I'm giving directly to the person or I, to the organization. I know how that, where that's going, not to some, Oh, here's an overarching, you know, how much of my tax dollar really goes to help people, um, you know, or how much of it's going into some, something else. And I think that's where we lose that where people like you, Bikers for veterans. You're giving people the opportunity to get involved in something, and and I think we as a as a culture are really good at feeling sorry for people. Not one person out there wants to be felt sorry for. Um, right. They don't don't feel sorry. Accept them just like they are, just like they are. If you just accept them, and and stop all the feeling sorry, because all feeling sorry for is for you. It makes you feel, and then and then and then if you don't do anything about it. That's even worse. I feel bad. And then I just go, okay. And then you go on with your day, you know, and what your son needs and other people like him are people to really get involved and find ways to make sure um, that they understand that you're accepted. We, we, we get it. We understand you did something for us. You came back with some mental dysfunction, um, but welcome to the club <laughs> because after yep. that, after the last two years, I think there's a lot of mental dysfunction out there, not caused, but, you know, and maybe it is a form of PTSD. I don't know from being locked down for two years. Who knows? We'll find out in 10 years, there'll be a new symptom, the COVID repressive symptom or something, you know? So Jim, how do people get a hold of you to get involved, um, to, to do more if, if they want to participate in this? My email is bikersforveterans1 at gmail.com. One, the numeral? Correct. At gmail.com. I think that worked. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay, so that's how you guys can get a hold of Jim and his organization, because it's not just Jim, it's a bunch of a bunch of gyms. Um, and um, you can actually- There are actually a few, few more gyms than myself. There, <laughs> that's funny. You know yes. what, the hardest, um, the, the funniest That's, that's thing. why we we all have, you, you know, probably you're aware that even if you don't follow bikers, that bikers all have nicknames. Everybody has street names. Um, mine happens to be Bubba. Bubba? And then so I'm that's, Bubba Jim. That's really original Jim, Bubba. <laughs> I didn't pick it. <laughs> that's what that's one of those things too that other people end up tagging you with the name. And there's there's a dark there's a dark story behind being tagged with the name Bubba that I don't want to go into. But um So I got a, I got a, since you're like you're a badass biker, I got a biker question. So is it true that that if you're like a, a dude like me, I can't ride on the back of a of a with another dude on a on a motorcycle? Sure you can. You just have to turn around and face the other direction. <laughs> when I was in, back to back. One time when I was in the Florence in Florence doing a live shot um, at the rhododendron thing, I had this all this biker gear on. It was you know because I was anchoring, and so I had all this mm -hmm. biker gear on. And they uh, 
they, the, I went up to one of the biker dudes and I said, Hey, at the end, is it okay if I, I'm going to do my live, I'll have my microphone, I'll hand it off. I'm going to jump on the back of your bike and we'll take off. Cause you know, like a badass, you know, kind of move yeah. thing. And he goes, no, I go, what? He goes, you can't do that. You'd be my bitch. And I was like, what? He goes, you'd be my biker bitch. And I said, well, I don't want to be your biker bitch, but I mean, what, what do I do? So then he goes, <laughs> excuse me. He goes, well, we'll get you a biker bitch and you can get on her bike. So they brought this woman out and she's the biker. I mean, just a really cool lady. And so I jumped on the back with her and I was her bitch and I, and off we drove and all there you go. <laughs> I had to do the, 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 the right biker thing, but it was so funny because I'm trying to, my photographer's looking at me going, what? I don't understand. I said, well, I guess a dude can't get on the back of the, you know, and you, you know, but it, they were, they were so polite. And, um, I always find bikers some of the night. Well, it's just cause it's regular people. Just, it, it's, it's just a fun thing to do. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are cops and people like that who are bikers and, um, some of the most be- real life people you'll ever meet, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's, well, the, the thing with most bikers and I, I say bikers and motorcycle enthusiasts are two different groups of people, but you know, you have your motorcycle enthusiasts and those guys are usually the ones I'm scared of because those are the guys that you see lane splitting and flying down the freeway on their, uh, on their Ninja doing a wheelie going in and out of cars and right. taking pe- putting people's lives in danger. Right. Um, I don't do that. I have done it in the past, but I don't do that. Um, but yeah, uh, the biker community, it's, it's a brotherhood yeah. and, uh, I'm not one of those brand snobs that when I'm riding down the highway says, Oh, there goes the Suzuki. I'm not going to wave at them. You know, that type of thing. No, if, as far as I'm concerned, if you got your knees in the breeze and you're out there, they, that person might need therapy more than I do. You know, Jim, here's a kind of a cool thought is you guys are a brotherhood. And isn't that exactly what soldiers need? And, and, and that's, most of them are in the position they are with PTSD and all those things because they don't know what to do when you've been that close to people and trusted people that much. And then you're put in the real world. They don't have that brotherhood anymore. And that's one reason that so many veterans end up being bikers, Good. motorcyclists, because of the fact that this it's a tight knit com- camaraderie and you if you, you see a real biker sees another bike broke down alongside the road, he doesn't ride on by and say, poor sucker. Right. No, you stop. Well, so so you're not only as Bikers for Veterans offering, you know, fi- some financial help and and some motorcycles and, and all the things you're doing and, and mental health care and that kind of stuff, trying to, that's your plan. But you're also offering them a brotherhood, which is what they need yes. probably more than anything. Um, but it's, it's a great way to get them involved and in there. I, I love that. I think it's a great I, idea. I was, this was a couple of years back. I was at a restaurant and there was this gentleman sitting at the bar at the restaurant um, eating his breakfast by himself. And he was wearing a Vietnam vet hat. And I walked past and I, I noticed it on the way in. And um, so when we sat down and we're eating, I looked up and I 
mentioned him to our waitress and she said, oh, he used to come in here all the time with his wife and she passed away. And now he comes in here and just sits by himself up there at the bar and has breakfast every week and uh, reads the paper and goes home. I said, I'd like to buy his breakfast for him. And so I told her, give me his ticket and I'll buy his breakfast. So apparently she had said something to him because as I was leaving, he was still sitting there and he looked up at me with a tear in his eye and said, thank you. Yeah. And I said, thank you for your service and welcome home. And he said, nobody's ever said that to me before. Huh. And I don't know if it was the welcome home part or thank you for your service part. But he just, he teared up and I, I just tapped him on the shoulder. I said, thank you. And went on, paid his bill and left. But I just people don't thank you for your service. Right. People don't, I, I make it a habit when I see Vietnam vets, especially to tell them welcome home. Cause so many people, they, Vietnam vets didn't get a welcome home. Right. They were shunned. They were considered baby killers. Well, Jim, thank you for telling me about this and taking your time to come on here. Sure. And I appreciate what you're doing and let us know how everything goes. Okay. You betcha. We'll All be right. in touch. All right. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Rick. All right. That's Jim Marks. Uh, see, that's what you can do. Anybody can do that. You have a concern. You have a desire. You have a need. You know people that you want to help. Instead of going to government and everybody else, just form your own program. Come up with something. And honestly, I did a show a while, a long time ago, and a veteran said, you should always thank a veteran when you see one. Thank them for their service. And I have been doing that. And there's a lot of service people here in Montana. And the look on their face is just amazing. So if you see someone with a hat or you think, just ask, did you, did you serve in the war or did you serve? You know, are you a service person? And let them um, know and then just say thank you for your service. And they melt. There used to be an old guy on the bike trail over in Malamalena, over in Springfield. And when I'd run and he'd be out there watching construction projects, it was so sweet. He'd be watching construction projects and the big cats and everything moving and building houses. And, and I'd run by him and he had a Vietnam veteran's hat on. So one day I just stopped, he's in a wheelchair and I said, are you a veteran? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, thank you for your service. He goes, and he knew who I was just from, because, you know, he goes, well, Rick, thank you for saying something. And it does make a difference. And you know what? They, um, it's got to be tough to fight for freedom when you see freedom disappearing. It's got to be tough to fight for people who don't seem to understand um, that censorship is wrong. It's probably really hard to fight um, and go over and put your life on the line when you come home and see things that look like they're falling apart. Um, so probably now more than ever, uh, the service people out there need you and me, um, not Democrats and Republicans. They need you and me, human beings, to lift them up. Because when 22 soldiers are taking their lives every day, we got a problem. And there's something we're not doing. Something's not working. And... There's a lot of concerns in the world today, but that's one that should rise to the top. And why doesn't it? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? And they're afraid to come forward because they're afraid their government is going to label them 
And why would they not be afraid of their government labeling them? I want to do a show um, on labels. I think I think I'm going to work on this. I would love to do a show on people's labels because I am so tired of it. You're destroying people with your stupid, judgmental, little labels that you put on people. You're destroying businesses. You're destroying lives. You're giving people mental dysfunction. Um, Can we just stop it? Okay. I didn't get a vaccine. Who gives a shit? And you did. I'm happy for you. We're both... You know, in God's eyes, now I'm just, I'm just, I just don't care. In God's eyes, it's no difference. There's no anti-vax or vax side when you go, when you die, <laughs> when you're done with this life. There's not going to be a, a special place in heaven or hell for the vaxxed and the anti-vaxxed. There's not going to be people who are Democrats or Republicans. There's not a Democrat section to heaven and a Democrat section to hell. And there's not a Republican section in hell. and a Repu- Actually, I think the Republican and Democrat section in hell is what you call Washington, D.C. <laughs> I think they're already living in it. And if it's worse than that, I feel very sorry for those people. But can we just stop doing this? I mean, I've got businesses who won't let me do a show in their business because they think I'm politically like some far right-wing Trump banger or whatever. You don't know me. They asked me what happened to Rick Dancer. I liked him the other way. What, you like me when I didn't tell you what I thought? That's really honest. That's really upstanding. You liked me when I wouldn't, when I didn't, when I, when I just let you be, I, to, I knew how tolerant you'd be. And so I just let you tolerate me. Well, I'm not, I don't care if you're tolerating. I don't want anybody to tolerate me. Either you love me, you like me, or you hate me. Tolerance is bullshit. Hi, honey, I tolerated you today. How far is that going to get you at home? I mean, we have to think about this stuff, you guys. This is dumb. I've lost so many of you as friends. Not on here. I don't give a shit on here. This is my business. I'm talking about friends who are people who are friends of mine. And now you shy away because people label me a certain way. But I thought you knew me. Huh. I guess people's opinions matter more. I know I'm getting off track, but this is my part of the show. And thinking about veterans and how they're labeled is really starting to irritate me like that. Hmm. Well, it's Thursday night. I am going to write a blog for tomorrow. If you're weak and don't like to be challenged, you may not want to read it. But otherwise, join me. I want to thank Jim again for joining us and doing that. And uh, you guys get a hold of Go look on their Facebook page. Find out more about what they're doing and be a part of a solution. Um, we will be back on Monday. And uh, next week, you guys remember I wrote that thing I told you about Richard Gorsuch, the artist that I did a story on in Cannon Beach 20 years ago. Um, I, we found the story. One of our viewers out there actually has the story that I did in 2002 and sent it to me. And then I contacted Richard and Bonnie, his wife, and they're going to be on next Tuesday. Um, And so we'll have them on on Tuesday. And uh, then Rob from Bait and Tackle is going to be here with Bill London and me on Thursday, on Wednesday. 
And then Thursday, I'm not sure where we're going, but that's what's coming up next week. All right, share this on your page. Let other people know what's going on. And uh, remember, if you see a veteran, tell them thank you for your service. They will appreciate it. Talk to you later.